Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. All these things that God has gifted us, I told you, all those things, I'm a manager of those to advance the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? I want to be generous with everything that we've been given by God. So I think my own life, I'm going to start with my life. What do I want in my life? Well, I want to grow spiritually. I'm far from what God wants me to be. So are you. I just want to grow. John 15, no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Man, I'd like to just move along in that area. What do we want most in our lives? And do our wants coincide with what we think God wants most in our lives? That's something to think about. Knowing that we're encouraged to gather up for ourselves treasures in heaven where no rust or waste occurs, does that cause us to revisit or revise what we want? Pastor Mark is teaching what the Bible has to say about riches, rich people, and how they use what they've been given by God. We're encouraged to pay attention to what God has to say and, if we truly are followers of Christ, align our thinking and living with His. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing study called Free to Live as God Intended. make a statement. As I begin to talk, I want to direct people to the end of the service. Some of you have never trusted God. Your security isn't in God. You've never had a personal relationship with God. And today's the day for you to change that. And I'll tell you why. The greatest gift, rich, is that God gives us. You're going to see what he gives us. The greatest thing God gives us He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. And that gift of salvation is free. And he gives it to you to enjoy life. You will never find purpose and meaning in your life without a relationship with God. So I'm just just asking you to start thinking as we go through the teaching. This is your day to finally commit yourself or recommit yourself if you walked away. Because life is filled with nothing but dead ends, trying to pursue, trying to find happiness. You'll never find purpose and meaning without Jesus Christ. And that rich gift was paid for by Jesus. It's free. It's for you. Now, why should I trust God? Let me share this with you. Jeremiah 9.23. This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful Boast in their power. Or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone. That they truly know me. 
and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things and I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, why wouldn't everybody brag on God who is loving, he's generous, he's just, and he blesses us richly? Of course we would. And that is what an unbeliever has never learned yet. So write this down. No God is a generous giver. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. And he loves to bless us. Simple, God wants us to enjoy life. Now, because God is generous, he will provide to us what is, whatever is necessary for us individually to enjoy life and do what he asks us to do. Now, I want you to write this down because this is an interesting principle. Ownership requires stewardship, managing. Before I became a pastor, I worked in a number of hospitals, Henry Ford Hospital and Belleville Hospital, and then we moved to Florida. And for 25 years, I was director of pharmacy at Wustoff. And I managed that pharmacy with all those guys and millions of dollars in budgets and whatever. Well, I didn't own the hospital. I wasn't the owner. I was the manager of the pharmacy. So notice what you just saw, that ownership requires somebody to do what? To manage their area. So I managed my area. I was a steward from that area. That's a biblical principle that you're going to see in a moment. If I didn't manage the department well, I'd have never been there 25 years. I'd have been canned, fired. So the owner needed a manager to do what was necessary. And that's exactly what happened in my life. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. And I know 90% of you are going to give me the answer. You're going to know the answer. Watch this. Remember, this came from my pocket. Who owns this money? Okay, maybe 50% of you only know that. (laughs) Is that true? Is that a truth? See, the other people don't know it's true because they've never heard this teaching. Of course it's true. Here's the problem. Even the 60 or 70% of you that said, yes, we don't live like it. We don't live like it. I'll tell you about that in a moment. That's God's gift to me. He owns it. All I'm responsible to do is what? Manage it. That's as simple as it gets. That's as simple as it gets. Now, I'm going to give you three things this morning that I want you to write down. For some of you, you know this. For many of you, you've never heard it. So here we go. Number one, God owns everything. Psalms 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all humans who live in it. Everything we are and have are simply gifts from God. In the beginning, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There was nothing. God created the earth. He then began filling in sky, land, birds, animals, water, humans. He gave Adam. And when he finished making dust with Adam, he gave Adam a gift. He gave him life. And then when he saw Adam was lonely, he created Eve. You see, everything was a gift to them. Everything they had. They were not the owners. They were the managers, the stewards. Now, everything you have 
and I have are simply gifts from God. He's given them to us. Now, what does everything mean? Here's what I want you to write down. Just in a simple kind of overall context. It means my life, who I am, who I am. My money, of course, I'm using my, but we know it's God's. My possessions, my talents, and my time. That's everything. He owns it all. God is the one that gives us the ability to get wealth. God wants us to enjoy the things he has given us. Every single Christian, Christ follower, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, you have been given a gift to serve, to joy, to manage, to be a generous person. Every single person has been given at least one gift by God. By the way, all of us have the gift of servanthood because we match Jesus. Jesus came to serve us. So we all have that gift. Now, you have some unique gifts because God gives you. I have the gift of leadership and pastor teacher. That's the gift God gave me. I didn't earn that. And I have to manage it well. That's my goal and my time. Don't worry. We're inside. (laughs) Now we're going to open the ark door. Come on in. There we go. Number two, write this down. We are not owners, but managers of God's resources. So see, I'm actually a servant because that's an attitude of humility. I get to serve God. Never I have to serve God. I'm blessed to be able to serve God. And second, of course, we get the privilege to manage his resources, which starts with managing me as a person. That's why you want to come to Christ. You want to turn your life over to him. He does a way better job directing that in our lives. Now, number three, and some of you, I'll explain this to you. It's very simple. Number three, we will be held accountable for how we managed God's resources. First Corinthians four, verse two says this. Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. See, if I was unfaithful in my job, it was tough. I'd have never made it 25 years. I'd have been gone. So faithful means I'm taking what is not mine, but I'm managing it as if it was mine. Whatever your hand finds to do, you do it with all your might. So understand, where does this accountability come from? You see it in Romans 14, 12, right there. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. It's kind of like there's a performance review coming for every single one of us. That's the judgment seat of Christ. I don't have time to go there today. It's not for unbelievers. This is only for Christians. I'll never be judged in regard to my salvation because salvation is a gift. I will be in heaven, but I will have a performance view. How I, here's another word, how I invested my life, my money, my talents, my time, and my resources. And here's God's potential. He knows what my potential is. And here is how I'm doing. And you've heard me talk many times. You want to close the gap. You want to get close to what God's potential is. 
Well, I'm just hanging out here, God. It's fine. When I get to heaven, everything's cool. No, that's not where you want to be judged for that. You want to be doing more and more and more as you move through. And you'll see specifically, Paul's going to identify what those areas are. So it's not about my salvation, but it's definitely about how I invested. You need to say this to your neighbor now and say it with a, this is not, this. oh, Pastor Mike, this is a bummer. No, it isn't a bummer. None of us are perfect. But when you're doing the best you can, why would you be sad? God isn't going to go say, what's wrong with you? No, he's going to say, well done, my good end. There it is. There it is. So turn to your neighbor and just say this. Uh, God will hold me accountable. Come on, just tell him. God will hold me accountable. Now, some of you would like to say, can I have like Billy Graham stand in for me? I don't know why you didn't ask me, but I already know that. Of course you cannot. You're going to stand before God for yourself. Now, what, what am I supposed to do? What's that investment look like? Here it is, verse 18. Command them. Who's the them we're talking about? Servants and stewards, every one of us that are rich. Command them four things. To do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be a new word. We'll talk more about it next week. Generous. And willing to share. So I wrote it like this. Christ followers are to do good. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous. That's our character, our nature. And willing to share. Well, how do I obey that? What does that look like? Well, I use the resources God gave me. And that's what it's going to look like. The resources God's given me, my life, my time, my money, my gifts, my resources. I want to use those things, those four areas, to make God look good. Now, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. If I'm going to be generous and do good and do good works, remember in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, it says, by grace are you saved, not of your own works, so nobody can boast. Then it says in verse 2.10, and God has already given you, created for you, good works to do. He already has an agenda. My agenda initially was pharmacy. Now my agenda is pastoring. At some point when I can't do this anymore and younger people will take over, whatever, where's God going? We're just not going to put me in a chair and just, I'll just sit there, Bomber, until I take you home. No, he's going to have more works for me to do. I don't know what that is. It's going to be different. It'll be different areas. Fantastic. Whatever. Same for you. We never know what God's going to do with us. But when you begin thinking about that, what does that look like, those four things? Here's what it looks like. I'm generous. I do good things. I do good. And I'm willing to share. Do you remember Dave Ramsey's story? We took a few hundred dollar bills, which we wouldn't do. (laughs) It was at a waffle shop. He stuck three $100 bills these are the Thanksgiving or Christmas, I can't remember the story. And you just walked out to the car as a tip to the gal at the waffle shop. He's usually probably getting a buck. And he went out and he watched her reaction. Actually, he had to call the medic because she passed out on the floor. No, she didn't. She was just dancing up and down like whatever. Well, how do you get that way? It's called generous. It's called generous. See, now, if I'm going to have this, it doesn't come from this. It comes from this. I have to have an open, soft heart before I can be generous and have open hands. Willing to share. Now, why should I be willing to share? Because none of this 
is mine. See, that's hard. We never think that. When you have a child and they're young, they might say daddy or mommy soon, but you're going to hear another word very quickly. What is it? Tell me. Mine. My dog does the same thing. Mine. Where does that come from? It's our old selfish nature. It's hard. That's our old, sinful, selfish nature. Now, let me read to you. Matthew 10. Listen. One day, Jesus sent his disciples out. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Let me explain that. It doesn't mean that Jesus didn't want Gentiles to come to salvation, but he came for the Jews first. And then when they rejected him totally, he just ministered to Samaritans and, of course, Gentiles. And, of course, it's all people today. As you go, he says to his disciples, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Listen, freely you have received, freely give. Here's what it means. Give as freely as you have received. Well, let's just talk about this. How did I get this? Well, I worked for it. But who gives me the ability to work for it and get wealth? God. Same for every one of you. Not just a $20 bill. Everything we are. When God's here with me here, he takes my breath. And I'm gone. Absent from the body, hallelujah, perfect in heaven. You see, and that is the problem we have. Because as you see this, to have an open heart and open hands requires what Dave Ramsey said. Remember? What was it? It's called change. Change. Why? Because my old sin nature, my old sin nature doesn't do this. It does this. Oh, I know their need, but I'm not giving a thing, baby. And that doesn't come from this. That comes from a heart that's hard and filled with me, myself, and I. Thank you very much. I can never do those things if I have a closed hand and a hard heart. So it requires a change. And I'm going to change in all of our lives. Because that's my nature, is to be selfish. I learned it young, and I don't care how old you are. We are bent to go that way. We're simply bent to go that way. In fact, when you think about that, Jesus knew that. And he gave us this principle. Paul says it like this. Remember in the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed. Finish it. It is more blessed than... All right, that's the second thing today. Whose money is this? Okay, we don't live like it. How many of you knew the statement? You just finished. It's more blessed to give than receive, but I never practice it. Don't laugh. That's very true. Well, I don't, Pastor Mark, there's no way. No way that if I'm blessed and give to people, I'm, it's better for me. Are you crazy? That's what the world says. God's way always works. Never fails, ever. And you'll see 
It's better to give than receive. Oh, we know it. We just often don't practice it at all. Now, in the last days, Paul warns us, we're kind of in the last days. For people in the last days will love only themselves. And what else? Look at this. Their money. Now, why would they call it their money? Look at the rest of the verse. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. It's their money because they have no idea because they don't have a relationship with God. And they'll be that way. See, an open heart and an open hand is what guards me from materialism and selfishness. I have to have a change in my thinking and what I'm doing. So just ask yourself right now, are you a generous giver? Five is generous. Go down to one. Hmm, Not so much. Are you a generous giver and a wise investor of all those gifts God gives to you? Ask yourself this morning, not just in the money, but in all the other things. Now, look at verse 19. In this way, in what way? Good, good works, generous, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age after the resurrection. When we go to heaven, second coming. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So the command from Paul is this. Store up treasure for yourself in heaven. That sounds like an oxymoron. I'm now storing up treasure for me. Well, it's because it's not about you. It's about people. Treasure in heaven. What is treasure in heaven? Here's my definition. Anything on earth that has eternal value. Anything that I do with my time and my talents and my possessions and my life and my money. Anything I do that has eternal value. Well, what has eternal value? Of course, the Bible has eternal value. It never, ever, ever fades away. But the only thing that really has eternal value that outlasts this world is people. That's why man's soul is the most valuable thing he owns. Every person, when they die, will live in one of two places forever. So using that... All these things that God has gifted us, I told you, all those things, I'm a manager of those to advance the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? I want to be generous with everything that we've been given by God. So I think my own life, I'm going to start with my life. What do I want in my life? Well, I want to grow spiritually. I'm far from what God wants me to be. So are you. I just want to grow. John 15. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Man, I'd like to just move along in that area. I'd be healthy. My life would be healthy. I'd like to make disciples. Disciples start with conversion. I'd like to see people get saved. Remember, we had a whole year. The value and impact of just one person coming to Christ. So I want to use all those things, and so do you, to be at work. It's hard for us to change our minds, equally hard to change habits. Nevertheless, as Pastor Mark has been teaching, we need to sometimes make these changes in an attempt to be obedient to God. The concept of being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, often brings challenges we can't anticipate. That's when we have to trust Him and obey, especially when it's hard to do. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. The next teaching will wrap up part four of Free to Live as God Intended. Pastor Mark will talk more about God's ownership of everything in the universe, including our stuff we like to think of as ours. We will be challenged to allow God to rearrange our thinking so that it becomes more like His, so that we can begin to generously give to those around us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.